We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Salute to Knicks Nation, Wednesday night, Knicks, another edition of Knicks Fan TV Live, presented by Manscaped, hit that thumbs up button for you boys, hit that subscribe button and the notification bell if you're a diehard Knicks fan. Tonight's episode, we are continuing the season preview series with our player expectations. Last uh, Sunday, we did RJ, Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel. Tonight's episode, we're going to talk about Derrick Rose, Obi Toppin, and uh, one Luca Vildoza. And, and where he fits into the equation. Plus, we got a lot of odds and ends, Knicks uh, news and, and uh, updates for you guys. So let's lock in. Tonight's panel, we got the team back. We got JD Sports Talk, Alex Rataros, Tratacaster, Chip Murphy. What's good, fellas? How are we feeling tonight, man? Feeling great, man. CP. Yeah, r- rainy day, rainy day over yeah. here in, in the Northeast, man. But uh, we got 34 days until Knicks basketball is, is coming around the corner hot and heavy. So so let's kick things off, man. Let, let's start these uh, player expectations. Let's talk about Obi because I think, you know, from recent memory, we see Obi. He came in hot in Summer League, first team All-Summer League, put some respect on his name. Uh, but, the, you know, rookie campaign just, just wasn't there for him. Four points, I think two rebounds in, in 11 minutes for Obi, 50% from the field, 30% from three. Um, Alex, I'll start with you, man. What are you thinking about in terms of Obi Toppin this season, his role and, and his expectations? I think for his role coming into this season, like, we just want to see him be a good like substitution for Julius Randle when he comes off the bench, right? Get a good 15, 20 minutes to give Randle that type of relaxation that he needs because we know we're going to need Randle for the long haul, all 82 games plus the playoffs. So if Obi can give us something good off the bench, that would be awesome. But the thing that I really want to see from Obi this season is really being seeing him get out in transition. And I think bringing everyone back, especially Derek Rose, having you know you got Alec Burks back as well, and keeping Emmanuel quickly, Obi Toppin, and even adding Nerlens Noel on that for that second unit, I think it gives him some flexibility to be to to get out and run right because 
when we saw once Derrick Rose came, especially during that Miami Heat game, it's just like so vivid. D Rose was able to find Obi Toppin in transition, get him those easy looks. And that's what we just want to see out of him moving forward. You know, he ended the season on a strong note too. We saw him in the playoffs Mm -hmm. really start to get in rhythm, really start to find his groove and have those electric moments, especially that dunk that just got the entire garden rocking. Right. So for him, man, it's just, just coming off the bench and really being that, that, that key role player at this point, we know that he was supposed to come in and everyone thought he, he was going to be that power forward because Julius Randle was, on the hot seat then and supposed to get out. But as of right now, if he can just be a role player, that's that'll just be key for what this team can need. And seeing him do more like seeing him get more comfortable taking like pull up threes, which we saw during summer league, getting better, like more face up looks, whether it's the mid range game and just finishing in transition. Those are really big things. And even just rebounding. If he could just rebound his Derek Rose, like got him motivated to it, even if he's not feeling on offense, if he can grab important boards for us and just keep the offensive possession or just get the defensive board and get us back on offense, you know, and just leak out so that way he can get the easy transition uh, buckets. That That's exactly what I want to see from Obi Toppin. Good, good point, Shaw. Chip, what, what are you thinking in terms of Obi, his, his role and expectations uh, this season? Yeah, I agree with everything Alex said, but I also think Obi needs to figure out a way to carve some minutes into playing with Julius Randle. I know it's a, a long shot, but... Julie, we've said it before. Everybody said it. Julius Randle led the league in minutes last year, and he's thirty-seven he's gonna be minutes a game, thirty-seven point six. Yeah, and he's going to be in the top three, top five next year. His minutes aren't going to go that far down. I know the Knicks added talent, so his load won't be as much offensively, but he's going to play a ton of minutes again. So there's not going to be a lot of power forward minutes for Ob to get, and I don't think they're going to want to slide. Randall to the small ball five because he already has to take on so much on offense. Right, right. So if Obi can prove anything as a small ball five defensively to Tibbs, I know Tibbs doesn't really like to do that, but I think that's a good route for him to try and get minutes. I, I, I just feel like the way to do it is you, you got to play. I know Alex, I agree with Alex to bring him off the bench, obviously, is the way to go and to become a solid role player, but I think getting him minutes with the starters mm-hmm. like Kemba and Fournier, cause that would be, that would be a way to get him buckets to, to run. Like Fournier plays really well in transition. Yeah. You can pull up and he's really smart, makes smart passes in transition, can shoot the three in transition. So Obi would play well with him. Obviously anybody would play well with someone like Kemba Walker in transition. And then we saw what he did with Miles McBride in summer league so I think getting him minutes with guys like Kemba and Fournier, the new guys, and of course we saw what he did with Rose last year. I think an amplified version of last year like that with Rose and quickly, but I just think he needs to play more up tempo. He didn't. We didn't see him mm-hmm. enough in the fast break last year, and that's what he did best in college. Facts. I mean, like he was so good at that. Like we, how many transition when we were scouting him when we were first drafting him how many fast break dunks did we see him do I yeah, think yeah it was crazy and yep. then we didn't we didn't see a lot of that last year to not much his fault I mean he didn't have a lot of opportunities to do it but we need to see him get out more in the open court that's what we really need to see and I think playing with Kemba and Fournier can help that yeah good good points man J- JD where do you uh weigh in on the OB uh situation uh, well, it's definitely a situation because it's going to be an interesting 
year. Um, I think we're going to find out a lot about not only him as a player, but what is the true, what is the next step in terms of how the organization sees his future with the team? Um, the way that they use him, they utilize him, the minutes distribution. I think we're going to find out a lot because this is not a player that's, you know, going into this sophomore year at 21 years old. You know, he's yeah. 23. He's going to turn 24 in the, during the season, right? And he's going into year two of his rookie contract with a power forward in front of him, of which the organization made a decision and in investing into into him. Um, there was also a report that I saw from Hoops Hype um, where they reported that Nerlens Noel was told uh, by the Knicks that he will be giving a fair shot. He wasn't guaranteed the starting center position, but they're going to give him a shot to compete for it. And also, at the very least, he was told that he's going to get significant minutes in terms of he's going to be part of the rotation. So when we start to look forward into minutes distribution, you know, as Chip said, uh, you know, potentially playing him with Randall, if Noel's going to get, you know, consistent minutes, Mitch Robinson is with the team. He's in a contract year, so you know the organization is going to give him a chance. Mm -hmm. And then you have Randall playing 30-plus minutes. Where does that leave Obi? So, you know, in last season, his career, you know, his season high was 13 points. Yeah. And that didn't come to the to game four of the playoffs. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, um, he only played two games all of last year in the season of 20 minutes or more. Mm -hmm. And one of those games was 26 minutes when we lost – 119 to 93 to the Spurs in a blowout. Garbage time, and yeah. the first game where he's played over 20 minutes was the season opener. Right, right. So, you know, when you start to look at the future, I think he he's going to need to get at least 18 minutes, 20 minutes. But where do you find those minutes? Yeah. Um, in terms of his performance, uh, I was encouraged um, by his offensive improvement in summer league. Uh, he shot 34% in summer league. Um, that's a tick up from where he shot last season. From three, uh, so right? from three? I, Yeah, from three. Yeah. yeah, he shot 34 from three. He shot 45% overall from the field goal in, you know, in terms of the summer league. Um, that's a tick up. Now, hopefully that translates into the season because, as you see, it looks like the organization wants to kind of, you know, I don't know, develop, it, develop him into stretch four, but it looks like he's going to need to at least have that three-point shot locked down. Um, and in terms of from a business standpoint, let's see what happens. I mean, Obi's from New York. I understand the hometown story, but you know, CP, this is a business, and he's under a rookie contract. Everybody wants to get paid, and if he doesn't get a fair opportunity, you just have to wonder behind the scenes what is the next step um, you know, in terms of him getting a fair opportunity because he's a lottery pick. And I'm yeah. pretty sure he wants to get a fair opportunity to prove that at the very least he could be a high minutes rotational player or in the future an NBA starter. That's a good point. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Uh, leave some comments in the chat. What are your expectations, your thoughts on Obi Toppin going into year two? Uh, I thought I thought you guys all, all made great points. I think, Alex, to, to your point, um, I think the the upgrade in talent overall in the roster is only going to help him, right? We, we saw what the chemistry that he and D. Rose had immediately. As soon as the D. Rose trade was made, you know, their first play together was a pick and roll uh, against Miami. You know, then we then we see him getting out there in transition. I think, you know, is there opportunities where 
is Julius the first one on the bench? And then you go with a lineup of Kemba, Fournier, RJ, OB, and Mitch. Then you have three guys that can start the break in Kemba, RJ, Fournier, get out in transition. RJ, another player that's excellent in transition. Now you have him with uh, with Fournier, with, with OB. Now you're running and gunning. Kemba throwing it ahead. I, th- I think that would, that would be pretty lethal. Um that was transition. I think, you know, if, if, if they can figure out, I don't think you, you'll see that small ball lineup consistently. Maybe it comes once you get into to the, you know, the dog days of the season and, and do they consider, you know, tapering some of Randall's minutes or monitoring some of those minutes as, as the season progresses, especially on the second half of back-to-backs. Do you get OB in there? Does he get his 18 minutes there in, in those opportunities? Um, but, I mean, if, if you find some windows to get those two in there together, man, the spacing would be incredible. And the two of them would, would benefit greatly off of that. We, we know OB already playing that at the small ball five at Dayton and in summer league. You see how he's able to operate in, in the open court with spacing and, and it would benefit Julius as well. It would benefit RJ as well in, in terms of just being able to have that room to attack the basket and then you have nothing but three-point shooters around you. Uh, I think that would be great, but um, having Kemba, Fournier, and RJ already with Julius, I think Tibbs just, just goes with the rim protector and figures that he has enough offense and just goes, you know, counts on those four to be, you know, the 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 guys that you that you put the offense on. So I'm, I just don't know where his window is going to be in terms of sharing the court with Julius. But I think at the very least, you know, four and two last year, I think he should be able to get up to say eight points, four rebounds. Can he get to thirty five percent from three? And like I said, having consistent playmakers with him at all times, whether it's Derrick Rose or Kemba, Fournier, RJ, I think that's, you know, Burks, I think that's only going to gonna help him in terms of uh, getting his numbers up. And and just the, the confidence that you saw at Summer League, man. I, I just love the, the plays, the actions that they were running for him, getting a mid-range shot, three-point shot looked a lot better, better all in the post, better facing up. And yes, that was Summer League competition, but I think, him going up against second unit defenses, those opportunities are going to be there next season as well against certain teams. He's going to have situations where he's going to be able to win. And so I, I think that'll bode well for him. So I, I think he, he could probably double his output from his rookie season. And then we'll just have to see, man, you know, can, do they put him in there small ball? I don't, I don't think Tibbs does it, but you never know. You never know, man. Just to, just to add on to the small ball portion of it. I mean, there were only eight possessions, according to Quinn in the glass, where you had Obi Toppin playing small ball five. Only eight, eight. with a differential of net with a de- with a negative differential of fifty one negative fifty one point eight. So, and it was mostly with, you know, Linus. He had Emmanuel quickly, Reggie Bullock, R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox, Obi Toppin. Uh, that was that was the one where he had most of. That was the most where they had possessions together, which was only three. So, Tibbs doesn't see. I don't see Tibbs just going that all in all on offense. a small ball five. Yeah. yeah. And all offense. I think he values rim protection way too much. I mean, there were opportunities where we saw we could have had more offense. I, and we, he had opportunities where he had Julius Randall. He even had Randall at out there playing small ball five for portions of the season last yeah. year, more so than he did Obi Toppin. So if he really wanted all that offense, he could have, he chose not to because I think Tibbs values rim protection more so than anything else. And I think if we're going to, if we have a healthy Mitchell Robinson, 
and Nerlens Noel. I, I just I just find it very hard to believe that Tom Thibodeau is going to go all out offense and give up on defense, especially when defense is his calling card. Yeah, and also a healthy Taj Gibson. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, that yeah. too. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know you, you were talking about the rim protection CP. You know it's that that's why I think it's going to be interesting as you know we look into the season. It, does Tom Thibodeau as a coach does he install more flexibility into his system into hits you know his uh minutes distribution and and the offensive system does he do that or does he double down on his format because if anything you can make the case you know last season he had Alfred Payton out there and never made changes and he stuck with his plan this season they're quote-unquote people say they're a little weaker in the perimeter so if that's the case then you would think that maybe Thibodeau actually doubles down on making sure that he has 48 minutes of rim protection making sure that he always has a center uh at the five whether it's Noel whether it's uh Mitch whether it's Taj to provide that uh that defense at the paint so again then where would that leave Obi um I think you know, he averaged 11 minutes per game of the season. He went up to 13 in the playoffs. Uh, I think the target probably, I would hope, is 17, 18 yeah. minutes. You know, you got to be a little creative because, you know, if the, with the Knicks having more offensive weapons, maybe, you know, Randall comes down three, four minutes. Right. And, you know, and somebody else comes down three, four minutes and you kind of give those minutes to Obi. You get them up to 17. And listen, it's an 82 game season. So there's going to be, you know, I don't know that Randall's going to play 82 games. He's going to get an opportunity. One of these games to either start because of an injury or, you know, something happens. Um, he has to make sure that he maximizes every single opportunity that yeah. he gets at least to either raise his value or to increase his, his, his equity with the coaching staff and with the organization. But it's going to be interesting um, you know, what this organization, what's, what's, what their plans are for him, because it's either you're going to make the decision to develop him. And as we discussed a five, right into a five, because again, Mitchell Robinson, what happens with him? So that's why I think it's going to be interesting to see early how they manage Obi. We may be, we may get a signal into what the organization first sees for his future. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a lockjam, man. No, there's no way around it. There's no way around. I've been saying it since last year. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. He's on the team. You, you hope he contributes. And I think he can, you know, just, just being a high fly, flyer, stat guy. And, and, you know, just as you said, just maximizes his, his minutes. So let, let's see what happens with Obi there. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We'll take calls. We'll take calls in uh, in a little bit, in a couple minutes after we run through uh, the player expectations. And phone number to call in is 657-383-1509. You could also call us up on the Knicks Fan TV Discord. We're talking player expectations, Obi Toppin. Now let's let's talk about um, one Luca Vildoza because you know Vildoza was a late addition last year. Picked him up off the scrap heap, or not really off the scrap heap, but just really uh, just through the international scene, man. Just picked him up, four year deal in which uh, the first year was guaranteed, and then uh, he had the three years of a partial guarantee. A lot of fans were expecting to see Vildoza or hoping to see him play well in the Olympics. 
coming through summer league and and you know you have fans in the beginning before this Kemba stuff came on and McBride got drafted. You had fans saying we, we got our point guard of the future. What are we talking about? You know, <laughs> you had fans jumping out the window uh, of, of Vildoza High was forming quite quickly and how quickly things changed because after a lackluster Olympics, a terrible summer league in which he got hurt. And then, you know, a McBride rising up the ranks and on the scene. Then you bring in Kemba. I don't know, Chip, man. What, what, are, you, what are you thinking in, is Vildoza's role next year, bro? Yeah, I'm not even sure his role is to be on the team next year. Cause his, <laughs> Real talk. Real talk, man. That, yeah, that may sound cold, but his contract's not guaranteed yeah. until uh, the day after game one. So he may not make the team. And... You talked about McBride. McBride was really good in summer league, man. Yeah. And if he out, if he gets outplayed again in preseason by McBride, he could get cut. And I know it's that would be an ice cold move, but the NBA is a business, and yeah, it business. wouldn't surprise me at all. It really wouldn't. Yeah. So I, I think that could end up being what happens. I'm so. wondering if the last roster spot comes down between him and Bacon. I'm wondering. I don't. I, I think Kev is safe for now. I, I don't know. Oh, I, yeah. I just don't see them getting rid of Kev. You know, the Kentucky connection. I, I think they're going to keep Kev around. I think, he, but, you know, at the same time, they, they pay the bidding fee for Vildoza. Then you still have some partially guaranteed money there. Uh, do they just get rid of him? I, I don't know. But don't they save money if they get, if they cut Vildoza? I feel like they do save uh, some amount of money, right? I know that he's he makes three million a year. Yeah, but I I think they save even more than that if they do cut him. And, and they, I know, I know that, Bacon I know makes t- less than three million. I know so. there was talk about them potentially creating additional cap space at the time that they had yes. like verbal commitments yeah. with some of these they guys. Save that three. And I, I'm not sure that's still the case now that they've signed these guys. Um, but yeah, they they may be able to. Uh, with Luca, man. <laughs> man, it, it, it was there was so much uh, hype. Um, oh yeah, Prigioni. He was the next Prigioni. How, how quickly they have fallen, man. <laughs> Yo, I love like, Prigioni. Was, Cardi man, in the chat but, said Vildoza yeah. is going to bring the guys water next season. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, so bloody! I'll say this: I think, although his contract is not guaranteed, which you know, there's no commitment per mm-hmm. se, but they did pay the fee, so they right. they they technically have made an investment already in him. So I think for that, at least for that sole reason and for, you know, the Olympics and, you know, everything that happened, him, he was hurt. He had an injury here in summer league. Um, there's no rush. So I think you give him a fair shot in preseason um, and, and you give him heavy minutes there and you see how, how he plays. Uh, in terms of what we actually saw, again, I don't know if he was hurt during the games that he played, I know he, he was dealing with heavy jet lag. Um, he had an yeah. interview that you posted on, on, on the channel. Um, one of the things that I didn't like about that interview is he didn't seem very confident. Um, yeah. He, he was, was like scared talking. of me. I was like, bro, relax, man. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, I'm like, just here for, I'm just here he representing like, the people, fam. It's all right, man. No he was killing himself. He was like, you know, I'm not a good defender right himself, now. I'm like, <laughs> I'm I, like, said the, I said in my yeah. head, bro. I was like, yo, don't say that. Don't say that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's like defense. This is the wrong market to say. This is the wrong market to say you don't play defense. Yeah, this is. Yeah, that's supposed to be don't a tell thing facts. too. I thought. I'm yeah. gonna pretend I didn't hear that, Vildoza. But go ahead, man. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I don't know what that was about. I mean, listen. You know, you have a player coming from a different country, right, and right. you know, there, there's some people that they are. They're just very blunt. They're very honest. It's yeah, not necessarily yeah. a bad thing. Um, and he and you could tell in that interview he felt some pressure. There was some fatigue there. So you know I would like to give him a clean slate, just to see you know. Listen, when they signed him, and I know everybody's has turned kind of their opinions on him. And I know part of that is because we already know, you know, we have Kemba. Yeah. Rose was resigned, right? McBride showed signs. We have Quickly coming back. So the perception of the point guard situation has completely changed mm-hmm. after he was signed mm-hmm. when he was signed and we had we had no idea where this was going at that position there was a lot more optimism yeah. about him mm-hmm. um but now things have changed they looked pretty solid at that position um and and i'll tell you what even if he has a solid preseason where is he gonna get minutes yeah he's not playing yeah he, he's not playing <laughs> but but for me al you know i would just keep him you keep him here Kemba and Rose are, are temporary options, and, and you keep them, you, you bring them up in the system and, and see what happens. How old is he? He's about 25, Vildoza, if I'm not mistaken. He's, he's, yeah, he's about 25. 25. Yeah, he's about yeah. 25, you know, and, and you see between him, McBride, IQ, you know, what the, what the future holds. I would just leave him on the team. He's not going to play, but I would just keep him on the team. Yeah, at this point, there's no there's you're gaining nothing and you really gain you gain nothing either way whether you cut him or you or you lose him and at that point it's between him and bacon as you pointed out i'd rather i guess keep vildoza see what you have he's still like an interesting player that we still haven't really gotten a full grasp of right. what he can do i think he was injured honestly i believe that he was injured when he was playing in the olympics and i think coming over being jet lagged uh then having to be interviewed by you and everyone else i think he was a little intimidated yeah. just like just like the lights are on him very quick, you know, and, and being Knicks fans hungry for the next point guard, yeah. uh, any, any inkling of hearing like the, the name point guard was like, this is the guy, this is the guy, this is the guy. <laughs> so uh, he probably, he might've, he probably just went on Twitter and just saw everyone just talk about like, Oh my God, we got the next guy. So yeah, I, I don't know. I think for him though, like you saw, like even during the interview, like he, he, he appeared content, like just even when you, even responding to saying uh, just him being happy to have the opportunity to play or like try out to be in the NBA for the Knicks and, and play for the Knicks that he's going to try and work hard and show mm-hmm. himself and now he can improve every day just to get better. It didn't really give me, and I don't think it really gave a lot of people confidence in him to see that, okay, he has confidence in himself that he will go yeah. out there and just perform at a high level. He had like a flash here or there in summer league, but to be fair, if looking at the Knicks organization, like what, who are they really going to invest in the draft picks or a guy that they picked up, yeah. you know, just during the middle game, close to the end of the, the regular season, going into the postseason. Maybe we all thought it was for insurance, but maybe they just wanted to get a, a head start on the game, bring this guy in, see who he is, you know, have him on the roster. Mm-hmm. That way no one else can take him because it seemed like there may have been a little bit of like a buzz. There potentially was some buzz around his name, just how he performed. Um, who was he playing in Spain? I believe he was pay- playing in Spain, mm-hmm. uh, playing for Barcelona, right? Um, so Basconia. they probably just, yeah. Okay, so then uh, he, they just wanted to get they just wanted to get a head start on him and just see. But if I'm the Knicks, like I'm looking at my draft picks, like I'm looking at Deuce McBride, like 
as saying, hey, I'm going to make the investment in Deuce McBride. I have Emmanuel Cookley here. He's my investment. I already know I got two guards, as you guys already pointed out, Derek Rose and Kemba Walker. So, you know, if if he shows anything during preseason, I think it's just a competition between him and Bacon, as you already pointed out, CP. Yeah. But we'll see. He has to come with more of a, more aggression than just being happy for the opportunity. If if you get yeah, my opinion, that, that's a fact. It was and, a f- it was a four year, thirteen point six million dollar deal. Only only one year was guaranteed. Re- the re- the remaining uh, three years are partial guarantees. Yeah, go ahead, bro. Yeah, and I mean, I, I will say this. Um, you know, his last two teams that he played, uh, he shot thirty seven and a half percent from three and thirty five percent from three. And in that interview. He did say that one of the things he was disappointed about was he felt that he missed some shots that he normally makes. Um, so when a player says that, they you know they use they understand their strengths and weaknesses. And when when I combine the actual statistical data to what he 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 said, you know maybe he you know in summer league he also missed a lot of you know not a lot but he missed some of his open shots. Yeah. So I want to see if in a preseason with him a little bit you know. Fully healthy, you you would hope if some of that 37, 35% translate into the NBA. Also, because his contract could become an asset for you. You know, um, I know what I was doing, some stuff with Sports Wives TV on him. We we found that the Knicks weren't the only team interested in him. Mm. So they're like, he's not a guy that's just come out of nowhere. Um, other NBA teams have scouted him. Um, so if, you know, you kind of, see him play well whether it's in preseason maybe he becomes a future trade piece that you can put in a package the team that would get him you know is not taking on a lot of money yeah um i think at this point that's probably your ceiling with him mm-hmm. is kind of mm-hmm. build him up a little bit trade maybe me. you can you keep him and you can put him in a package in the future Good, good points, good points, man. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Luca Vildoza. Is is there a member of the Vildoza Hive even in the chat, man? Do not hide. Please make yourself known. This is a judgment-free zone. If you're still with the Vildoza Hive, man, just, just let it be known. We'll shout you guys out in the chat. And, uh, yeah, man, just, just have some have some faith for your boy Vildoza. Also, uh, as you guys know, tonight's show and all Knicks Fan TV live shows are presented by Manscaped, the number one men's grooming tool below the waist. Fellas, go out and get that new lawnmower 4.0. Uh, this is it right here. Somebody in the chat said we were late because uh, I lost some power during the storm and I had to use the lawnmower 4.0. It's a flashlight <laughs> to navigate and, and uh, you know, get the system back activated. So that was a good point by Jamal in the chat. So. This is the, uh, the the LED light. It's a spotlight. Great uh, custom ceramic blade technology, skin-safe technology to uh, cut down on, on those accident fells, if you know what I mean. Waterproof as well. Great battery life. You can charge it up wirelessly or on a pow- on a corded uh, charger as well. So uh, great deal on Lawnmower 4.0. And you can go to manscaped.com and enter promo code KFTV. The promo code has changed. It's no longer Nick's. It's KFTV. Go to manscaped.com, enter promo code KFTV for 20% off plus free shipping. And as I said, we ship to the U.S., U.K., uh, Europe, Singapore, Australia, South Africa as well. So make sure you guys go out and get it today. All right. So we went through. Looks like looks like nobody's uh nobody wants to. Tell the truth, yeah. other than is Geraldine. It, yeah. Is there anybody? <laughs> Gerald, Geraldine, Geraldine stood up. 
Yeah, it says he's uh, he's a Luca fan. Daniel Mejia says he's the best. Somebody Luca wrote Luca Hive better than the Frank Hive. <laughs> okay. Oh, they're coming out now. <laughs> Lloyd Barker Rock Jr. Check it in. Let's yeah, go. There we go. There we go. Somebody <laughs> said uh, it's not a hive; it's a nest. <laughs> <laughs> Melvin Lopez says Luca will be a maestro. All right, so they're stepping up in the chat, man. I think they might have come here to to hear about Veldosa than Rose more so. You know, Lloyd Barker rocks. He's, he's Vildoza Hive heavy. Okay. If you guys are new in the chat, man, type in hashtag new in the chat as well. We'll uh, we'll shout you guys out. And like I said, phone lines are up, 657-383-1509. If you guys want to call in with your takes on uh, Toppin, Vildoza, Rose, or, or anything Nick-related, we'll get to it after we wrap up. Um, D-Rose. And, and D-Rose, fellas, the to me, the X-Factor... The, the the glue that, that really put this whole thing together in terms of this team getting that fourth seed and and uh, and getting to the playoffs. I mean, he was nothing short of excellent when he got to this team. He was uh, the point guard that we sorely needed. He was instrumental in that nine-game winning streak. I mean, so many games that, you know, he, he really won for us. You know, the game against the Pelicans at home where he brought he took it into overtime with the pass to Bullock, the key block on Eric Bledsoe, uh, the game in Memphis, uh, even in the loss, the, the, the Laker game. I mean, so many games, you know, D. Rose was just great for us and, and just the spark plug that we needed to really get to the playoffs. And now he's back. Three-year deal. I believe it was close to uh, $40 million, two of which was, uh, was a full guarantee. And, uh, and a team option there. Um, Al, I'll start with you, man. What are your expectations for Derrick Rose going into the next season? My expectation is for him to do exactly the same thing that he did this past season. You know, give us that 15 points, yeah. four assists, three rebounds per game. You know, maybe the, the, the three-point shooting, even though it's not high volume, it was 2.6 or two-and-a-half attempts. Uh, you know, that he had on average, but shooting 41, uh, 41% from behind the arc. That's what I need. That's what we need for him. We need him to be the, we need him to bring the lightning to the thunder. That will be the offense. You know, that's essentially what that second unit was. They were fast. They played with power. They were one of the top second units in the end, in the NBA. It was, and it was because of him, right? Yeah. Once he came to this team and we inserted him, we can talk about what he did for Obi Toppin, but what he did for Emmanuel quickly yep. was just as beneficial. He was he allowed Emmanuel quickly to play off ball. He allowed Emmanuel quickly to be that shooter that he can be mm-hmm. and to give us the points that we needed. So, and he and on top of that, he's also good at he he's a way better facilitator he, now than he was when he was young D Rose and just being electric, being just aggressive, attacking the rim, just slamming it down all the time, looking like he was about to break a backboard. So I like what he brings now and he still has that craftiness to his game. We don't need him to be the the starter, to be the the savior, but what we do need from him is to also be that role model as well that he was for Obi Toppin and and Emmanuel quickly. And he I hopefully he can do that for Quentin Grimes and Deuce McBride as well. So Derrick Rose, there's not much I'm expecting out of him just to maintain the same number. Sure, they may they may take a slight dip, they may take a slight bump, but as long as he can, can uh, maintain the same statistics that he did last season and just bring the same presence that he had, will be will be so good for this season. The second unit, I, 
everyone just enjoy the second unit and i'm looking forward to watching the second unit again yeah for sure uh jd your, your thoughts on d rose 14 points two rebounds four assists on uh almost 50 percent shooting last year man what, what's your thoughts on uh d rose in his second tour with the knicks second season of the second tour um i, I mean i was ecstatic that we that we resigned him um you know when we had our free agency show you know and we were talking about take him or dump him uh, what players we would resign, what players we would not. Um, Rose was one of the guys that I was emphatic about resigning. Yeah, and one no of the brain. reasons was, you know, in terms of sustaining, you know, we're talking about building a culture, building a sustainable winner. And I know he's not maybe on the timeline of being with us for five to 10 years, but at least for the next few, he produced winning basketball. The Knicks were 17 and 20 without Rose. They were 24 and 11 with him. So, when Derrick Rose played, the Knicks won games, you know, and, and the Knicks averaged 110 and a half points per game in games that he played and shot 41% from three in games that he played. They shot more three-point attempts when he played than when he didn't, and a lot of that was because his ability to get to the basket, you know, get a hockey assist, move the ball around around the court when he, when he gets to the basket. And so I was, you know, very excited about having him back with the team. Uh, he... You know, and he played well on the road last year. He shot 44% from three on the road, um, and he scored more points. And, you know, in terms of projecting into this season in the playoffs, Rose played statistically better on the road than he did at home. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mentioned when we were previewing the playoffs with the matchup with the Hawks, how I said that when you get to the playoffs, usually role players – they don't play as well on the road as they do at home. Right. And you need some of the other big time players to come through. And Derrick Rose is an ingredient to winning playoff games. And we saw him do that in the playoffs when we needed someone else. He gave us the best that he That's could. He averaged 19 points per game, shot over over 40 percent from three. It wasn't enough, but it wasn't his fault. And so, you know, I'm excited to have him here. The you know, in terms of potential concerns, um, you know, he's played 12 seasons and only four seasons. He's played 60, over 65 games mm-hmm. um, per year. So out of 12 years, only four games, which tells me <laughs> that someone else is going to get an opportunity. Um, he's 32 years old now. Um, I know that's not real, really old for a player, but he has a lot of miles on. on, 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 on he has a lot of mileage. So yeah. for him, he's not the same 32 as your, you know, another 32 year old player um, and his defense, you know, it, Derrick Rose played great last year. His defense wasn't great. And as you get older, you know, it doesn't mean that your defense is going to get better. It's not you know, get sometimes better. you lose a little bit of lateral quickness. So those are some things that are just concerns for me. But overall, you know, when he came in, the bench took off. Yeah. And 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 there was a lot of debate about should he have even been a starter over Alfred Payton because of how he kept the bench, bench. intact yep. and everybody else was playing their role. So him being able to provide that to us is going to be very instrumental and is one of the main reasons why I project us to be a potentially 50-win team. Oh, you see how we snuck that in there? See how we snuck I, that I had to there? say it quick. You see know, how we snuck that There's in still there. time. There's nice. still time for me to, oh, you know, man. Right now. That, that, right I, now I'm going 50. That was, that was nice, man. You see, he jumped out the window real quietly on us, fellas, but then just threw that <laughs> quick Also said potentially, yeah, too. Yeah, and he said potentially, A lot of, quali- a lot of qualifiers <laughs> in this L- statement. Facts. I like it. <laughs> You know, you know, because it's funny because I said 51. I, I'm on record. I say I went 49, uh, then I yeah. went 51. But as we're doing the shows, I keep 
it's like a lot of these players, man. <laughs> there's like a lot of <laughs> players that couldn't miss games. So I'm like, man, yeah, 100%. you got Kemba, you, you you have a lot of players. So, you know, let's see how it happens. But I'm I'm sticking to the, my guns. 51. Right. Wow. People in the chat, let's write that down. JD's prediction, 50 wins for the Knicks. Salute to uh, everybody, team hashtag new Arthur Early in here. Tony FS 201 Weeks, what's going on? Ed Santana says hashtag new. Ed's in here every night, but we appreciate him anyway. Uh, who else we got in team hashtag new? Ron Allen, what's going on, Ron? Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, man, salute to everybody. Kevin Lewis, appreciate it. All right, uh, Chip. Your, your thoughts on uh, on D Rose next season? Yeah, I'm happy he's back. Obviously, and I agree with everything the guys just said. I just want to see more of the same from him. Just leading the bench, making the young guys better, and I want to see if he can help McBride come along, help Grimes come along. If those guys get minutes, uh, I'm not sure if we'll see much of Jericho Sims, but if he comes along, what he can do for Jericho Sims, uh, I just want to. Keep seeing this veteran leader, Derek Rose, that we saw last year. That's the guy I want to see. Yeah, who can get the most out of young guys. We talked about Obi earlier. I want to see D. Rose help Obi again and make Obi continue to get better Mm -hmm. because the best chance Obi has at getting better is by having players like Derek Rose help him get better. I don't think he's in a position right now where he can get better on his own. He's He's not at that level, so... I think that's what I want to see from Rose. Obviously, he's going to be Derrick Rose mm-hmm. by himself. We don't need to say that even. He's going to have a game where he's going to go crazy. And I expect that from him. I think, Alex, you brought up his three-point percentage may dip a little. And that's, I guess that's kind of a concern. Like, he's probably not going to shoot 40% from three next year. And Julius Randle may not do that either. I think a lot of people's three-point percentage is going to dip bit. next year. Yeah. yeah. This was a little bit of a fluky year. But uh, I still think he can keep that three-point percentage up. He's been shooting the ball from three a lot better recently. Yeah. I think he's been taking a lot smarter shots recently as he's gotten older. So I I think it'll be interesting to see what Tibbs does with the lineups with him. Like, who he plays him with. Like, will he ever play him with Kemba? I don't know. Will he play like... (laughs) Is that the the closing lineup? Yeah, yeah. Like point guard and his son in the the backcourt. I know, right? I that I'm really interested to see if he plays D Rose and Kemba. Yeah, 100%, like, bro. 100%. Yeah, I, I, I want to see if that happens. I, I think that would be fun to watch. I yeah, I, I totally would love to watch that, but I mean, that's just a fun fan thing. I'm not sure if Tids would ever hey, go that I, small. I, I, I would yeah. not put it past him. I would not put it <laughs> maybe, past him. Maybe, maybe he'd try it. Man. I mean, you know, and we'll talk about lineups later on uh, uh, this month because that's that's going to be one of the things. Who's going to be in the clutch lineup? Because, if, I mean, Rose could easily start. And I still think Kemba will get the nod. I think Rose, as we talked about with that second unit, the chemistry it was just so potent. I, I feel like you keep that. And then you, you try to, you know, manage his minutes and, and just get him to the finish line. It's not 72 games this year. It's 82 and as much as he gave us last year, I get, you know, Rose Hive might not agree, but just watching every game, the second night of the back-to-backs, he wasn't as impactful. After the Laker game, as I, as I joked, they brought him back in a body bag. He didn't even make it to, uh, I think he missed the first two of the last three uh, uh, home, home games at MSG, right? I, I think he missed the, the Spurs game and the Hornets game, or one or the other. Yep. I, think he, I think it was the Hornets game first, and then uh, maybe he played in the Spurs game. And then he closed it out. I forgot, but, you know, 
you got to manage those minutes. And then game four of the Hawks series, man, just watching, you know, I was at that game and he had nothing left after that. He, he absolutely had nothing left. So, you know, you're going to have to manage those minutes. Um, embrace the depth. Get McBride in there. Get quickly some more minutes. Get Burks in there for some more minutes. Obviously, you have Kemba, who you're going to have to watch his minutes as well. But uh, there's no reason why, you know, if, if Rose doesn't get, you know, seriously injured, that he can't be fresh in time for a playoff run or so on and so forth after they get through the 82-game season. Um even though, you know, the, the three-point volume wasn't that high, uh, 53% effective field goal percentage. This was the highest of his career. He, he was very, very efficient shooting the ball uh, with the Knicks this year, man. 50% across uh, the mid-range, 9% uh, turnover percentage. So he took care of the ball very well. And, and uh, yeah, it was just very, very efficient in terms of his decision-making. The impact on the bench was was ridiculous. And um, what was the other point I had on Rose? Um, shot creation on the pull-ups, which, which again, was, was a point of emph- emphasis for the Knicks this year. He was uh, 50% effective field goal percentage on, uh, on pull-up jump shots on five attempts. So you add in Fournier's 53 on five attempts, Kemba's 47 on eight attempts, Burke's 53 on four attempts. You know, I, I think that that was really a point of emphasis in terms of the composition of this team. And uh, I, I think he'll I think he'll maintain those numbers. I think he'll hover around those numbers this year. You know, maybe he takes a, a slight uptick depending on the the overall improvements from you know Ob Burks IQ and so on. But yeah, I think D Rose is, is going to be on track to to compare to what he did last year for us for sure. Uh, what do you guys think in the chat, man? Derek Rose, what are your expectations for D Rose coming into uh, the 21-22 season? Leave a comment in the chat and we'll shout you guys out. I want to shout out Soldier Slim sends a super chat. He says, last season I predicted 40 wins. I was called crazy. See what crazy got us. This season I'm calling 54 wins at at least a second round game seven. For a chance to advance, God bless. Let's Hashtag go. next week, Soldier Slim, feeling it tonight. You see, you, that was all you, JD man. You, you sparked, you sparked the movement, man. Fifty club, man. 50 I don't club. know about fifty-four, 50 but <laughs> I feel <laughs> a lot better lot. than I'm yeah. not alone. Fifty. Club, hey, if Embiid gets hurt, Embiid gets hurt, yeah. And they trade Simmons. Let's talk about it. Let's mm-hmm. talk about yeah. it in a second. We're going to take some calls. <laughs> Eric Booker sends a super chat. He says, "Any update on the opening night gathering at uh, MSG October twentieth? It's coming soon. Thanks for reminding me, Eric. It is coming soon. Uh, right now, we're working on getting some sections on the Chase Bridge." Opening night, Knicks versus Celtics, October 20th. Knicks Fan TV, Knicks Omni Fan Production. Uh, just like we did two years ago, Knicks versus Celtics, opening night, man. So hopefully you guys will join us. Stay tuned for the all the package details, pricing, and everything. But we are definitely, definitely doing a group outing uh, for opening night. Knicks versus Celtics at MSG, October 20th. So, Eric, thanks for, uh, for reminding me to make that announcement. All right, uh, let's go to the phones. Ice Water from Brooklyn. Ice Water, what's going on, bro? Yeah, what's going on, fellas? How's everybody? Good, man. How you um, feeling? Yeah, just, you know, um, play expectations. I mean, you know, uh, I agree with everybody on the panel. Uh, mm-hmm. Derek Rose, as long as he keeps up the production that he had last year uh, or a little bit more, um, you know, that that's all we need from Derek Rose, Um uh, just to keep that bench. 
Um, I think I talked to y'all a couple of nights ago, and, you know, that second unit, if he can, you know, be a positive uh, influence on that second unit like he was last year, I think that's a, a Nick's strength is that second unit. And I think he's the catalyst of it. As long as he keeps doing that, I think, uh, you know, I think that's what the, the, the Knicks want. I think that's what Tibbs want. Um, Toppin I'm kind of concerned about only because, you know, um, Tibbs likes to play uh, Randall, you know, like 70 minutes a game, you know, so I, I don't know, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, and the game's only 48 minutes. This guy's just playing. He just leaves him out there. I don't, you know. Um, you know, I'm I'm hoping he doesn't do that this year, and and Toppin is able to get in some minutes. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. You know, you know how Tibbs is. He just, you know, he, you know. Well, anyway, Vildoza, <laughs> um, um, I mean, you know, I had some expectations um, before I saw that interview with you, and then I was like, oh my god, this guy's <laughs> oh god. I hope nobody from the Knicks will have. I, I think I might have set the bad tone for for summer league, man. I think that might have been me, man. I, I apologize to <laughs> those other Knicks, man. Man, well, I was like, wow, I turned that off. I was like, this guy, you know. <laughs> but um, but maybe you know, just maybe um, you know, I have a little bit more confidence in uh, Leon Rose and the brass now, and um, I think that you know, with with picking them up, they saw something in them. Yeah. So, you know, I'll trust him and, you know, let's see what happens with him. I just know that, you know, I don't know how much playing time he's going to get. You know, you're talking about, you know, Kimba and Rose and, you know, now McBride, you know, and everybody's going to want to see McBride and how he does. So right. I don't know, you know, I don't know how many minutes of those it gets. But, um, but yeah, man, you know, like I told you all a couple of nights ago, you know, I, um, the, the Knicks are loaded. You know, I'm I'm looking for them to push to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's mm. my goal for you know for the team. And, you know. Okay. Um, you know, as long as everybody plays the, the, their roles and with the additions of you know Kemp and Fournier, uh, this team is stacked. So I'm I'm, I'm right. really excited about the Pre- season. Appreciate the call, man. So Ice Water's going. He wants to go to the ECF. All right, we'll, we'll see how it's going, man. Shout out uh, Hillel Boim checking in uh, from Israel by way of Long Island. So, Hillel, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Hashtag new what's going on. Everybody, th- type your cities in the chat. Throw your country flags in the chat. Was that, who was that, me? I don't think that. Probably. Was that me? I, don't, I, <laughs> I guess so. I heard that. that. You know what? That could, you know, the Spotify went off. That's what it was. Somebody, somebody, somebody who's on the Spotify. All right. I was like, what? where did that come from? I thought that was you, JD, man. Nah, I'm good. All right. Uh, here we go. Let's go to uh, Angel. Angel's up next. What's going on, bro? Chill. What's good, CP? How you doing, bro? Chill, man. How you feeling? I'm I'm good. I finally recovered from my birthday last Thursday. So I'm, I'm oh, good happy to go birthday, bro. Happy that birthday, bro. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Uh, and the fellas, Chip, uh, JD, Vanilla CP, Alex, what's good? My brothers, how y'all doing, bro? Good, man. What's going on? Doing well, man. Doing well. Happy hey, birthday. Hey, <laughs> happy birthday, yeah. Hey, hey, thanks, man. It, 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 God is good, brothers. Um, And be careful out there, man. It's a bad storm in Philly and then, you know, New Orleans, man. So I definitely want to, you know, throw my prayers to them. And um, 
Hey, listen, first thing first, man, hit that thumbs up for your boys, yeah, man. man. Hit that subscribe that button. Like but, uh, hey, listen, um, I think it's going to be really interesting, you know, because now we have expectations, right? Because last year we didn't have any. Now this year we're expected to make the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. So you guys were talking about uh, for OB expectations. Um, it's going to come down to these keys for OB, right? I think he's going to average around 8 to 10 points a game. I'm looking maybe around 15, 20 minutes per game, um, but – with um, room to grow as well because if he can work on his uh, his handles offensively and and keep that confidence because we saw that he played way better later on down in the season, right, and in the mm-hmm. summer league as well, as well. So if he could work on his handle and, you know, make some mid-range jump shots more consistently, then I think that's going to open up some minutes for him as well because right now he's just in the corner or – in the post, so we work on that offensively. But the keys, honestly, is defensively. If he could show Coach Tibbs that he could alter shots, he could block shots, and you know he becomes a great defender, that's gonna that's gonna give him a lot more minutes and take away minutes from Mitch and uh, Noel. Because honestly, if you look at offensively, they don't have Obi's arsenal offensively. They don't have a post game. If you look at how they score their points, they're scoring their points off rebounds. Or yeah, it's really mm-hmm. Obi can do all that and make jump shots, you know. So I'm just, I'm just hoping that if he keeps improving, then you'll be able to play him at Randall. But obviously, it's like they say, take it one day at a time. And as always, brothers, y'all be safe. Appreciate Thank you guys it, man. For taking my call. Y'all have a good night. Have a, uh, have, keep celebrating your birthday, man. Happy birthday once again, Angel. Salute to you. Definitely appreciate the call. Uh, shout out King Matthews in the chat. Sends a super chat. He says, what's up, Nick Nation? I can't wait for this season coming up. And my Knicks are winning 50-plus games. And we're getting a number three to five spot. I'm calling it. And I agree with, I think you meant to say, JD. So JD sparking the revolution right now. He, he's, he's with the 50-win club. And, and he's got people in the chat loud and proud about it. All right. Well, let, let, let me ask you this, CP. Yeah. And, and, and I guess everyone. If if I were to tell you that everyone on the team is going to be 100% healthy, yeah. everyone's going to be available all year, would you have, would you doubt the 50-win prediction? In other I, words, like, or you think their ceiling is still lower than that, even if everyone's healthy? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's an 82-game season. Right? It's an 82-game season. Again, things have to break right. We have guys on this team whose health and durability are are critical to the success of this team. I can count on Julius. He's been an Iron Man outside of the you know the flu, the the broken leg in his rookie year. Your point guards, how are they going to play? How are they going to defend? How does it change with no Bullock, no Peyton? I got to see all that first. How does it change with fans in the stands? In terms of momentum and pressure and things of that nature, got to we got to factor all of that, you know, in, into the equation. But on paper, I, I love what they're looking like. Just having that stability and the continuity from last year, and seeing that, uh, you know, again, you, if I've, I'm confident that Julius will maintain his level of production, right? If if he drops a little bit on the three point, I'm so okay here and there, but just the player that he is. See, it's hard to say mentally because he choked in the playoffs. But in the regular season, I'm talking about maturity. All right, all right. Forget, forget mentally. Say maturity-wise. Maturity-wise. The player that he's growing into, I'm confident that he can be that same guy and produce at that level in the regular season. What happens in the postseason, we'll see. You know what I mean? So, so far, I, I, I like how it's looking. I just got to wait and see how it plays out on the court. I think in a vacuum. Right. If you're saying like if we're going to use J.D.'s hypothetical, like everyone's healthy in a vacuum, like everyone like in the NBA, like I can see I can see 50 wins. I I can lean more towards it. I think they're going to get 48. Uh, I just think that if we look at like the East too, everyone else in the East got better. I know we're going to talk about Philly soon and how maybe they're going to be on the decline. But I still think you look at Miami like they got they got Kyle Lowry now. They they added so they added some guys down there. You look at. You know the Nets are going to be there. You got a favorite, like you got to consider the Milwaukee Bucks, the the reigning yeah. champs. Chicago got better too, even though the team seems a little. It's interesting, but they did get better. So everyone, there's a lot of teams in the East that just improved as well. So I think it's just hard for me to say with everyone improving plus, uh, you know the the injury proneness of just uh, Kemba Walker and Derrick Rose, and if you want to throw Mitchell Robinson in there as well, it's just hard for me to like fully say 50 
But I think we could be a. I know we're going to be a competitive team. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty confident we'll make the playoffs again. I just don't see us falling off that far off the cliff. I don't think it was that much of a fluky season where you get to the fourth, you get to the, you become the fourth seed team, get home court advantage, and then you just go off a massive cliff. I don't see that happening because we're bringing back majority of the same roster. You still have the same coaching staff for the most part. Everything is still intact. You added, you get pluses in Kemba Walker over EP, and you get. I would say a plus in Evan Fournier over Reggie Bullock. Yeah. The question is, is like defense between Evan Fournier and uh, and Bullock, but even still Evan Fournier's playmaking and his, and his scoring, I think is just that much of an increase that you're going to get a better team and they'll be more competitive. Um, but I just look at the East in total, like looking at like, we're talking about the West coast trips that they have to go on to, which is going to be a, a slaughter for them as well. It's just mm-hmm. tough, but, and, but, you could say based off this season, they did pretty well, especially at the last leg. They go three and three. Maybe this this year they can do that again or become better. I just look at that all of that together. I think all of that together is just so hard for me to say over 50. I'll say with a firm 48. Yeah. But hell, I mean, if they get over 50, I'll be jumping out the window too. I'll be 100%. running around the street going 100%. wild. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. Like, I like the 48 prediction when too, Alex, I think that's a good one. I, I think even if they are a hundred percent healthy, which is so rare for a good team, even like I, I, the last team I can remember is the warriors. I think pre the pre Durant warriors were so lucky with health. They were perfect with health, Mm. but I think it's so rare. And even if they are a hundred percent healthy, we don't know what version of Kemba we're getting. Mm -hmm. Like, are we going to get the guy who was even, even the Kemba from last year? would be amazing for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. But uh, could we be getting him or could we be getting the guy from two years ago who was an all-star or my God, the guy from three years ago who was all NBA third team, probably not getting him, but that would be amazing. Yeah. And I mean, who knows what Mitch is going to look like. Mitch is, I mean, the last time I was on this show, we were talking, Mitch is a wild card. And now coming back from this hand injury, he's a total wild card. Like we really don't know what we're getting with Mitch. And now you add in the whole, factor of him playing in a contract year. I don't know what Mitch is going to look like in a contract year. And I mean, I, I have a lot of faith in quickly. I'm a big quickly fan, but he's now he's not like the underdog rookie anymore. Mm-hmm. Now he's coming in with teams. They're going to be keying on him. They know how good he is. So I'm not sure he's going to get off to like a super hot start like he did last year. So I think he's going to be maybe, point. Quick, quickly could regress a little bit, yeah, at least at the beginning of the year. Quickly, yeah, there's going to be, gonna be yeah, ex- exactly. He's going to be keyed on more than he was last year, and I, I think it'll be hard for them to win 50. Just and Alex mentioned how much teams got better, and I, the East is really good. East is East good, is man. Really good. East yeah. is good, and and we'll get to that uh, when we talk Philly real quick. Salute to everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys um, on the city check-ins. We got a lot of people checking in from Guyana. Sham BK Soldier Slim, what's going on? Uh, Vito Shaw checking in from Kansas City. We got my guy Elias Dante, longtime viewer checking in from Amsterdam. Uh, Lloyd Barker Rock checking in from Panama by way of Cali. We got Michael Montez checking in from the DR. Clark Am to H-Town, Houston, Texas. What's going on? East Flatbush in here. So my guy, Soldier Slim, he's getting ready to hit the parkway this weekend. I don't even know if the parkway is popping this weekend with with, uh, with COVID and everything. I'm not so sure. Uh, Sarmth Kalia, what's going on? Is that an Iranian flag? I'm not sure. Can't see too well. I need my glasses. I can't see too well. Shout out Strawberry Jam checking in from Australia. 
Salute, salute, salute. And King Matthews sent a super chat clarifying. He said he was agreeing with Ice Water on his predictions, but he says JD isn't wrong too. So shout out King Matthews. I mean, I had said 46 wins, so it wasn't too far off uh, from the 50. All right, back to the phones we go. I see Ari's on the line. We're going to close with Ari. Uh, let's go to Jay from East New York. Jay, what's going on on the Discord? Yo. Jay, just, just turn, your, turn your, uh, your volume down, Jay. Yo. Yo, what's good, bro? Hello? Yep, loud and clear. What's going on, man? Yeah, man. So, I mean, I feel like Obi, the only way for him to go is up. So, anything he do is going to be better than his rookie season. If he give us seven points and three rebounds and, yeah. you know, he just gives a lot of effort and does the energy plays and knocks his wide open threes down, I'm satisfied. D. Rose, he's a vet. We already know. He's been in the league over 10 years. He's going to play his role well, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? We got enough depth at point guard, so we don't got to, you know, like run him into the ground. You know what I'm saying? We got Kimball. We got McBride. We got quickly. So it's a lot of point guards to, you know what I'm saying, rotate and go through. Vildoza, yeah, I, I think he might just be going back to Argentina, man. I won't <laughs> see him making the roster. I don't. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, good luck to the kid, but. That boy McBride, man, he he looking good, man. Yeah. I want to see him get some minutes, even if it's, you know, bench dump minutes. I'll take that because, mm. you know, he's going to give effort. He's going to knock some shots down. He's going to make it look good. You know, those are he. Hopefully he do something in the preseason and change everybody's mind. But right now, it ain't looking too good, man. But CP, man, I see y'all, man. Y'all doing y'all thing, man. All right, man, Jay, stay up, bro. Good to hear from you, man. Right, bro. As Jay from East New York, so let's, let's keep it with the Jays. Let's go to uh, my guy Jay from Florida. Debbie Downer is back in the building. Jay, what's going on, man? How you feeling today? You up, back. Or, you up or you I'm down? I'm back out of retirement. Debbie Downer's back for a little bit. I had to make, a, <laughs> make an appearance. Listen, I hear all the win predictions, right? Oh, Y'all saying 50, 54. Vegas is saying 40 and a half, right? Yeah. Now, if you look at Randall, let's talk about our star player. We got we got different variables. But I'm looking at Randall's stats right now with fans in the stadium. Right. Randall, in 2019, Randall shot 33% from three. Every year he shot from 27% to 33%, except for last year. In mm-hmm. the playoffs, guess what he shot again? 33%. The difference mm-hmm. between the playoffs and the regular season, fans were in the seats. If anybody on the panel played ball before, I played ball against NBA players, European players. Mm-hmm. When they play pickup basketball with nobody watching them, they're unstoppable in that kind of setting, mm-hmm. right? I think Randall comes back down to earth. Sorry to be a Debbie Downer, but I don't think Randall has as good of a year as he had last year. Kenman Rose, they nice, but they older. Yeah. If you look at what Atlanta's doing, Atlanta's just signed all their youth for the next four or five years. They got $100 million committed to I think Capella, Collins, Young, and Herder. Mm-hmm. They ready, man. They signed up. They got their core ready to go. What are we going to do? Are we going to be middle of the road moving forward? Or are we going to be a contender? If we win 40 games this year, we right back in that draft conversation. Was the fourth seed worth it? Right? We got to start thinking about that. This is an important year in terms of building out the roster. 
We say we want to trade for a superstar. If we regress a little bit, those odds get a little thinner. We kind of wasted a pick this year. Just, I, I know y'all. I, I know y'all got tomatoes out in the chat right now. <laughs> the tomatoes flying out in the chat Bring right the now. Rain the tomatoes on me. Come on, I need it. I ain't had tomatoes in like three weeks. Come on, rain them on me. But you got to look at the stats. Your man Randall's a different player in with no fans in the building. It's facts. If you look oh, at the stats, 33% from three, free throw percentage is down, field goal percentage is down. Everything is down. His effort is always here, but your man is in his head. I'm gone. Jay from Florida. A.K.A. Debbie Downer. The tomatoes are flying in the chat right now. Never fails, man. I mean, look, as I said to J.D., that's one of the things we got to look at. How does the impact of fans home and on the road impact the, the statistics? I can't just put this 2019 production or lack thereof on just fans being in the stands. I think it was a lot of things. It was Fisdale being a lousy coach. You're still playing with Peyton. You had Marcus Morris, who's, who who had some high usage as well, the, you know, who's the offense flowed through. And, and overall, you just had a lackluster Julius Randle who just wasn't making good decisions. You know, fans are not. We'll have to see how, how things impact them when, when they come back in a regular season. I'm banking on the fact that night in, night out, you're going to be playing different teams with different capabilities uh, uh, of, of different strengths. And he should be able to get his production over the course of a season. And, and maintain his typical averages. And you just hope that he's, he's making the same good decisions that he made last year. Again, when the playoff comes and teams start to adjust, now you want to see how does he adjust in, in, in his second playoff stint. How does he adjust with more help that Kemba and Fournier, if they're healthy, give him. Uh, RJ year three, how does he adjust? So I think that there's a lot of, of factors in play that will impact you know, Julius Randle's overall production for this team. I, I just, I, fans could be one thing, but I think it's a small thing compared to the rest. Yeah, I agree with you, CP. I think it's a small piece of that puzzle of like what, he, how is he actually going to perform during a full regular season with fans and how he would perform in the playoffs. To say that he would go from, because last season he shot 27%, like close to pretty much 28% from three. And to say he went from 28% from three mm-hmm. to 41% to three just without any fans, that's a, that's a drastic difference to say fans caused that much of, of a change. Mm-hmm. I think for him, for, for, Randall's under, for Randall's underperformance in the playoffs, it was more due to the fact that he was the only offensive player player that was like consistently giving us points throughout the entire regular season and then once playoffs come along they were able to hone in on him and really stop his production because who else were we going to rely on outside mm-hmm. of Derek Rose who decided to show up RJ Barrett wasn't there and outside of RJ Barrett Reggie Bullock didn't do anything yeah, no and then from there you know like who, who else was there yeah, no didn't get many minutes yeah so if you if you don't have help and everyone's just focusing on you of course you're not going to perform in the playoffs like He's not, we're not talking about LeBron James over here, but it's it, like Julius Randle needs a complete team around him to really like show off his full talent. So I, I, I see Randle, I could see like the fans playing some sort of like an aspect, maybe coming down, maybe for game booze, because like you're, the team's getting, you know, blown out and then like it's affecting your confidence and just affecting your style of play. But I think this team is going to be competing night in and night out. I can't see a Tom Thibodeau-led team yeah, just dropping folding. Ball. Yeah, and I just I just can't see it. Like, if we look even at Tom Thibodeau's record, 
He's had winning teams. There's a reason why he's what the 11th, 12th most winningest head coach mm-hmm. in NBA history with 500 plus games under his belt. So I just, I just can't see the Knicks falling that drastically and just one player in particular, just dropping that much in production. Yeah. I mean, with Randall, here's the thing. He, they they have some pressure to start to, to get off to a fast start. CP, they, they have yes, to, a little bit. Absolutely. No question. Unfortunately, we live in a narrative business in yep. terms of the media, mm-hmm. right? And and it, it, it's okay. There's a narrative right now that, you know, that let's see how he does where the fans are back and expectations now and can he duplicate the season. And, I mean, I don't know how valid that really is, but it is what it is. And I'm sure he knows that. Um, and don't you think he's motivated about that? 100%. I think he is. We've seen some stuff online with he's – you know, having some intense workouts. So I think he sees the the some of the doubts. He sees some of the questioning. And he does need to get off to a good start. Let's say the first three games he gets off struggling. You know, what are people going to say? Mm-hmm. It's only three games in 82-game mm-hmm. season. But, you know, it's They're just leading off. They're going to go back to the Hawks series, bro. That, that's, yeah. that's the recency yeah. bias. That's the recency so, bias, man. But I do agree with Jay in terms of – I don't know, and Chip had mentioned this about the three-point percentages of the players. I don't know that all these players are going to shoot that well. Mm-hmm. But I also, so like, there's people that are saying, well, he's not going to have the same statistical year. My answer to that is, that's fine. He doesn't have to. Because what he needs to do is, even if he dips in points per game, and he goes from 41% to 37%, for example, that's fine. What he needs to keep is the impact. Mm-hmm. Remember, Julius Randle, there's never really been an issue about him putting up numbers. I mean, he averaged almost a double-double the year before with the Knicks. It's about what type of impact those numbers had on the floor. What, where, were they, where are they translating Facts. to making others better? Where are they translating to winning basketball? And that is really the real jump he made from last year to this year. So for me, my expectations of him is maintain that impact. Don't regress in terms of what you were last year. Even if you dip in stats, as long as though what you're contributing is contributing to winning basketball, that's all I want. Yeah. And I think that's all Nick fans want as well. Yeah. I think the points could dip a little bit. And you mentioned the shooting a little bit too. And it's irrelevant as long as he continues to not turn the ball over, right. make bad decisions like he did his first year in New York. If he continues to create plays for other people and create three-point shots like he did for for Reggie Bullock. Him to Reggie Bullock was one of the best Mm three-point combos in the NBA Mm -hmm. last year. Chemistry was unreal. Unreal chemistry. And I expect him and Fournier to have similar to maybe even better chemistry next year. So if he can keep that up, that'll, that'll count for a ton of points next year too. And so if he can keep doing things like that, that's just that's just as good as scoring. So I'm yeah, his three point shooting will regress a little bit, but I mean he's just turned himself into such a, a gifted passer that that kind of offsets that really. Yeah. And, and and uh as again to um to JD's point, man, you know, the work ethic is is second to none, man. Between him and RJ, I mean uh, listen, a lot of guys in the NBA work hard, I get that, but the he he's serious, man. He he's he's serious about getting better every year, and you've seen it. I think you've seen it on the court. Yes, that first year when he got here under Fisdale was a disaster. But if you look at his chart, 
he's he's on he's been on an upward trajectory since his rookie year in, in terms of improvements. So I I gotta give him the benefit of the doubt. Most improved player, all star. I gotta give him the benefit of the doubt. Now we we were saving the Julius conversation for the last episode. We pretty much went through it, but we'll, we'll talk about it. You might as well add him to the thumbnail. You might as well add him to the thumbnail. Thanks to Jay from Florida. My guy Fredo in the chat said we got to get Jay from Florida V8 Splash sponsorship because the tomatoes are still flying around. The chat is 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 not playing with him tonight. The tomatoes are still fired for Debbie Downer, but shout out to Jay, man. All right, two more calls uh, before we uh, start to close. Let's go to Marilyn Charles. What's going on? How you doing tonight? Good, man. How you feeling, bro? I'm all right, man. I, I'm, I, I don't understand some of these Knicks fans. They don't see the picture that our front officers draw for us. They don't see that it's a Picasso right now. We're going to win 50-plus games. Let me explain to you why. Our problem last year was that we had no ball handlers that can create their own shots. Now they've added that to our team. So now you have the four starters on the floor with either Noel or Mitch that can create, that can put it on the floor, that can create spacing. Now they talk about the health of the guards. The guards, look what the front office did. We got two dynamic point guards. They both do have an injury history. But when you balance out that time, I feel bad for the other teams because we're going to keep that pressure on whatever guard they put in the game. So when they come in the game with their bench guard and we put Rose in, now you've got to deal yeah. with that. Yep. Then we're not going to be missing anything. When you look at how deep our team is, at the two guard, at the small forward, even behind Randall, Obi's going to be running the floor. They keep talking about, oh, these, we, we, we not, they, um, um, Randall plateau. No. Randall gets better every year. He puts in that work. Look at that man work. That man puts in that work. RJ puts in that work. We got a team of gym rats. They they built a team that's deep and it's going to play defense. We know Thibodeau's going to have them playing defense, mm-hmm. and we have better scorers, better spacing this year. So it's going to be much more open shots for RJ, for everybody. It's going to look beautiful on the court if it works the way that they drew it up to work. If everybody – and just if they balance that time with the guards and they balance that because even if you look at our center position, if when you come out with Mitch and another and then we come in with Noel, the defense is always going to be it's gonna anchored. Be on point. It's going to be on We're going to always have an anchor in. We're always going to have a good guard on the floor at leading the point. Yeah. Always. We're not going to be lacking in those two areas. RJ is going to play well. If not, Burks is going to come in and do what Burks does. We have a team that is deep. We have a team that's going to play hard, and I don't want to hear nothing about no 45 wins. We're going to win 50 wins we, because mm. Thibodeau coaches in season. We're going to keep that pressure oh, up on go. the team. We deep. <laughs> we deep. I don't want to hear none of that other stuff. Anything under 50 games, I'm disappointed as the Knicks fan because of the way they built our team. And we have young players that they drafted that I want to see McBride get in there and play D and strap up full court. Mm-hmm. Forget Forget Frank. The French Prince is gone. Give me deuce. The deuce is loose, man. Charles, appreciate it, man. Charles, Charles spitting facts. What do you guys think in the chat, man? Rate Charles's call on a scale of one to five. One being the worst, five being the best. John Talento's throwing his, his vote in the chat. He says it's a five. Charles spitting facts, man. I, I, I like this points. You know, I, I like this points. 
So let's see, let's see what happens. All right, uh, before we get to the closing topics, we're going to close the callers with Ari from Manhattan. Ari, what's going on, man? <clears throat> Yo, what's up, guys? How you guys doing? It was good, bro. How you feeling? Ari, you, you coming what's to up, open tonight with us, or, or what's good, man? You rocking with us, or what, bro? Yeah, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. Just let me know the details, and I'm done. What is Boston, right? Yeah, Boston, October 20th. I'm, I'm in. I'm down. All right. Um, what was I going to say? First of all, um, yeah, like, my God, I have so much to say right now. But basically, <laughs> like, there's, I, like, if, 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 if the people, if you say something somewhat criticizing the team, you get tomatoes thrown at you. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, we as the fans, you know, just because we have a, you know, a different point of view doesn't mean we're wrong. <laughs> like, mm. personally, I think Jay was per- 100% right. Oh, like, okay. Like, everyone's saying, like, Randall took a big step, and he did. Listen, I'm not saying he didn't, but look what he did in the playoffs, right? How are you going to count a COVID year where there's no fans in the stands? Half these teams don't even want to play the game. You think these people were prepared? Tibbs is out playing every game like it's the NBA Finals. All these other teams were on the road, probably not even, like, not even engaged at all, worried about their health. Like, you know what I mean? And no one's in the stands. Like, he was shooting. Like, like, I per- like, the reason why I have the Knicks at 46 wins, I, I have them at 46, right? And, I'm- I think that's- and I think that the health thing is a little overblown because we are so deep. I think we actually are in the position where we could ha- take a couple of injuries and still kind of hold the fourth down. Mm-hmm. So I'm not worried about that. But there's the only way this team wins 50 games, the only way is if Randall has a relatively similar year as he did last year and R.J. Barrett takes the next step. And mm-hmm. based off that video you were showing on Instagram about R.J. at that open run, oh, yeah. he was looking pretty nice, man. He was looking yeah. nice, man. Mm-hmm. He added some moves. He added some side steps. So I have hopes for him, but that's the only way this team is going to win 50 games because I don't think Randall's going to have the same season as he did last year. You're incorporating two ball-dominant players in Kemba and Fournier, which have to be fit into the system. Everyone's role is going to change. They're probably going to get off to a slow start. And the entire East got, East got uh, better. So, mm-hmm. you know, I th- I'm, at 40, I'm at 46 games. But um, the real question I have for you is – you know, Randall's going to play 35 minutes a game regardless, right? So that leaves 13 minutes for Obi Toppin, right? Mm-hmm. I personally think I personally think Obi Toppin needs at least 20 minutes a game. I think he de- I think he deserves it, and I think we need to see what we have in him. Now, there's no way Obi's going to play the three. It's impossible. There's yeah. no way yeah. Obi or or Randall's going to play the five. It's impossible. I'm just throwing this out there. Do you think Randall could play five to ten minutes a game at the three? And, and people keep saying at the that. four because I feel like I feel like Randall has better lateral movement and can guard the perimeter better than Obi can. If that could be maybe how Obi gets the extra seven minutes a game, have Randall slide to the three. That's all. I, that's that's the only thing I can say. But um, and also Vegas is not never that off. Like if Vegas is saying forty and a half wins, yeah, they were off last year. But if, if Vegas is saying forty and a half wins. If you have a take where you're, you think you're going to win 44 games or 46 games, it doesn't make you a hater. It doesn't mean you should throw tomatoes at someone. Just because you don't like what someone has to say doesn't mean you deserve to get thrown tomatoes at, all right? You guys you're are throwing it. These fans that are throwing tomatoes 
These fans that are throwing tomatoes are just soft. <laughs> if you disagree with them, they get they get mad. They throw tomatoes. Tomatoes coming tomatoes. at They don't even want to argue. Tonight. They don't even want to put out a, a an argument. Pathetic. Oh, oh, but, oh, um, oh. whatever. That, that, yeah, that's ahead, my ahead, take, bro. man. I think 40, 46 games. And I'm curious to think if you think Randall could play the three in spot minutes. All right. But thank you for the call. Appreciate the call, bud. Appreciate the call, Ari. All, all I see in the chat are a sea of tomatoes, and then I see a five from Jay from Florida. A series of fives <laughs> from Jay from Florida. And then he gave the last call on one. And they gave the last call on <laughs> one. So, salute to everybody in the chat, man. The chat is live. At least we know the chat is awake. Tonight, because the tomatoes are flying at Jay and Ari, so that means we, we might have to have a battle of the fans, uh, uh, tag team edition, if if you will. We might have to set that up, man. Uh, mm-hmm. when we talk about uh, record predictions, um, later on this month, um, we might have to do a show like on the whole east, see how we, yeah, yeah, rank well, everyone. yeah, yeah, that'll be another show how we how we match up against the east, and we'll, we'll get some caller reactions to that as well. Uh, you know, the, the Randall at the three thing. To me, the point is I'm looking for more spacing with by adding OB and Randall in the lineup and going smaller. I don't think I, I, I'm not pressed to necessarily have one or the other in there, you know, with, you know, Mitch and Noel at the five. I think to me, it'd be more optimal to have them playing smaller and then you have them spacing the floor for each other. You open things up for Julius to attack, for RJ to attack. And then you can truly go five out. You know what I mean? I, I think, yeah, could you try Randall at three? I, I guess. But I think you can, you know, still have RJ, Fournier, Randall, and still get your same offensive productivity. Like, you know, OB can, can, is a good, you know, offensive player. But I don't think he's the guy that you, you put Randall at three, him at the four, if, if you're that desperate for offense. I, I don't see it. With, with, a, with still a traditional... You know, Mitch or Noel at the five. I I don't see that uh, being optimal. I mean, I could I, I I'm not fully against like Randall three. I, I don't I don't like hate the idea. I think he does have good lateral movement, as Ari pointed out. Um, but to your point, CP, like, are you trying to go smaller? Are you trying to go bigger? Like, oh, in that instance, are we going bigger with Obi, and then you have Mitch right. or Noel out there? Right. Like, that wouldn't be a bad idea if you want to get some, like, because Randall can shoot now. If yeah. you add two other shooters out there, it's not horrendous. Um, I'd, be, I'd be actually interested to see how that works, I think, to get if that's how you want to get them both out there. Still keep rim protection, add, have Julius Randall more as a shooter and really take advantage of, like, small, small, like small forwards or even whatever wings are out there and really mm-hmm. see if they can just go at, go at him. I think it's an interesting like, lineup. Like going bigger. Yeah. yeah, that'd be interesting. That that would be interesting. Uh, hey, they they need they, they need he needs the coach to to win. Period. Like if you're if you're messing with lineup just because you want to get a young player five additional minutes, uh, like what is that? You know what I mean? Like yeah. like you might play around and and do that, and then those five minutes you're minus ten. You know because you you're messing with certain lineups just to get a player now you, if you want to tell me that you're doing it because there's an advantage on the court because you're maximizing uh, a certain player's uh skill set based on the lineups then that's one thing but if you're doing it just to say well we need to get like to the 20 minute mark with obi so you know what let's put this guy at the three and that guy that's not really that's not a winning formula that's not winning basketball um in any sport you know now maybe him at the five 
I can see that argument because you can see him getting to the basket uh, mm-hmm. easier, getting easier looks at the rim. You're taking advantage of his athleticism. Um, and, and you're probably keeping him closer to the basket. Whereas you put him at the four and Randall at the three, you're probably making Randall more of a perimeter shooter now. Um, and then what are you really doing with Obi in that lineup? Anyways, if you're going to have Mitch next to him, right. or if you're going to have Noel next to him, you know what I mean? Like w- what, what, what talents are you taking advantage for Obi under that lineup more so than just sit, you know, knowing that Randall could play the three Randall could probably play the three in spot minutes, but I just want to. I'm just trying to understand what is the advantage for us, you know, right. doing that. that that's that's yeah. what I'm trying to figure out. Chip, Chip, yeah. how about you, man? Yeah, I agree 100. percent I think you you move Randall to the three. You're bending over backwards to to accommodate Obi and make him a priority, which I, he shouldn't be over Randall. And you're taking away JD. You just said you're taking away some of Randall's strengths by doing that to prioritize Obi, which just makes no sense at all. And I, I just don't see why you would move Randall to three offensively. Like you mentioned, Alex, like he could, he may be able to handle guarding some threes, but offensively, I just don't see how it makes any sense. Yeah. And you, you put him with Noel or Mitch. Sure. I, I guess they could, they could run well, especially with Mitch, they could run a lot of fast break stuff, but then who do you, who do you take off the court? Who comes off? I guess Fournier comes off the court. Probably the lineup is Kemba, RJ, Julius, uh, Obi, and Mitch. I did like, but I, I just don't. I, I don't see that the need to move Julius to the three. You're yeah. also you move him to the three. That's such a shift to go from the four to the three. You're messing with his rhythm. Yeah, he's never played that position before. You're asking him to guard a completely different player to match up against a completely different player on offense. I, I, you're doing too much you're messing with your guy i, I wouldn't do that it's good points yeah, definitely yeah. good points man um, and uh, now yeah just to add on to that no like it makes sense to have randall at the five and like it wouldn't be out of the norm like we saw some of that last year once again going back to queen the glass 90 we, had, we had randall play uh 1296 possessions at the small ball five um most notable lineup was d rose reggie bullock R.J. Barrett, Taj Gibson, and Julius Randle. Mm. They had 205 possessions with each other, and that was a plus 16.9 differential. So mm. Randle can play some small. I think Rand, if we're going to get Obi out there in any way possible, it would have to probably be Randle at the five and then Obi at the four. That probably makes the most sense, and they did do that last season. It's not enough to really have uh, like a good like in-depth analysis of like how well that would work together. They only had eight. They only had eighty-five possessions, where that was a lineup where you had Obi at the four and Randall at the five. Uh, so, I think that's the best way if you want to get keep Randall on the court, still use his strengths as JD and Chip you mentioned, just because it, it's you're bending over backwards to get Obi at the four, moving Randall to the three, which I like totally understand. Like he's never played that position, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So, go the other way, put Randall at the five get Obi at the four, two positions where they're probably most comfortable and use Randall's size, speed, quickness to take advantage of those bigger guys. And he still has the strength to like go with those guys too, go toe to toe. It's not like, actually, I pre- if I remember correctly, I think he did uh, where Mitch was getting bodied. Randall was doing a better, where Mitch was getting bodied by Andre Drummond. Randall was actually holding his own against Andre Drummond when they played the Cavs. So 
move Randall to the five, put Obi in at the four, and that that's probably your better option if that's what yeah. you want to do. I think that would be the better option. Um, I don't think they want to put that type of stress on Randall either. So I think Obi's stuck on the bench, man. Keep it real. I, th- I think he's going to be stuck <laughs> on the bench. <laughs> just like last year, you just got to do the most with your, with your 13 to 15 minutes, man. That that's just, I, I think yeah. that's just what it's going to be. And, again, over the course of the 82-game season – if they find some windows, you know, on the second night of a back-to-back or in some blowouts where they give Julius a breather, I, I think realistically that's where Obi's Obi's going to get his opportunity. Honestly, and, and 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 real quick, the the one thing with Obi too is, you know, we're figuring out combinations to get him on the court, and 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 kind of asking other players to sacrifice. That's probably an issue for him under this system. Is mm-hmm. His lack of defense now, he has gotten better. I saw in Summer League, his activity was better. Um, But you could still see in Summer League, he's still not where Tibbs would want him to be. And that's part of the issue as well in terms of the versatility where, you know, he was compared to Sean Marion. Maybe Uh we can use him as this, a guy, that guy. But in order to use him at the three or at the four, at the five, he needs to improve his defense. And, And because he's not there yet, it's part of the issue, you know, where in terms of trusting him and giving him a little bit more minutes than Noel or than Mitch or doing lineup changes. That's one of the big factors that he has yet to prove to Tibbs. So, you know, that's why I sometimes I question the future of his fit with this coach and this regime yeah. is because with Tibbs, you need to be able to play the other side for him to trust you for an extended period of time. True, true story, true story indeed. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. All right, uh, last topic of the night, man, just just real quick. Uh, it, it's finally been revealed that uh, Ben Simmons wants out of Philadelphia, man. You know, the speculation is over. Now it's real talk. Ben Simmons does not plan to start the season off with the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, so this could, you know, create some 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 tidal waves in the East, especially depending on where Philly sends him to. Um, what are your what are you guys' predictions on where he goes? Uh, Al, I'll start with you, man. What do you think? Where do you think Simmons goes? Please give me the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> send him to like... the wall. Send him to the wall, man. Please, man. Absolutely. Have him on the Night's Watch because that. <laughs> I really, I really feel, I feel like that is probably the. I just don't see like I know, he what he put, he preferred to be out in California, which is such an interesting request for a player. Right. Just saying, I just want to go to California, not even a yeah. team, but, just to well, say well, I want to go Chris, to California. Chris Roussard is saying that he he'll go anywhere. He just wants to get up out of Philly, so it's kind of hard to know what what the truth is. I mean, I guess I mean I understand for him like being dangled in the James Harden trade where you're in Philly. Uh, they paid you. They want. They saw you and Embiid as the faces of the franchise. So I guess Daryl Morey has lost the trust in Ben Simmons, and that's understandable. I understandable that you want to get up out of there and just go to a different place and show that you can shine somewhere else instead of having the same stink of like, all right, this guy doesn't shoot. You know, just all he does is play defense. He can pass. Is, is he more of a forward? Uh, like we know he's a forward, but he's he can't play point if he can't shoot. So. Looking for a new opportunity. I'm, I'm, I think the Kings is probably like the best, honestly, like probably the best landing spot just because I look at from the other side where Philly would want Darren Fox and they also drafted Davion Mitchell. Where right. I don't know what the Kings are doing out right. there with just like how they drafting and like how they're constructing their team. And I don't see Darren Fox being happy in Sacramento either. So why not take this opportunity and just swap? I know the Kings 
I believe the Kings said they prefer to have De'Aaron Fox and Ben Simmons. I just don't see how you make that fit. Yeah, uh, how, do you, how do you do that? That's weird. I, I don't know. They both need the ball in their hand. So that's where I'm just confused with that. So it might just be best to move De'Aaron Fox and take Ben Simmons. Uh, but I got I got the Kings, personally. Yeah, I mean, I got to think it's a Fox and, and Buddy healed as, as this, the, the framework of a deal. You know, of, of course, picks and stuff like that. But I would have to think that's it. Now, they're saying Minnesota is yeah. is the number one contender for them. How do they – who are they putting in a deal to keep – I mean, I guess you would have to put D'Lo in a, in a package, right? Yeah, I think it's going to yeah. be Minnesota. Yeah. yeah, Minnesota? I mean, he – yeah, I Multiple Gerson picks. Rosas. You got some nice yeah. lottery quality picks. Yeah, Rosas, the their their boss used to work for Maury too. Mm. That's how those deals get done. I mean, so and I think it's D'Lo. I think you're right. I think he's the guy. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be around him. Obviously, they're not trading Ant, and they're not trading Cat. Carl Anthony Towns. Right. So I mean, maybe Beasley gets thrown in there too. I'm sure they'd True. be happy to get rid of him with everything going on with him. Yeah. But I think it's got to be centered around D'Lo. And I'm sure picks, too. And I'm not sure what other salary filler. But, yeah, I think I don't think they'd lose any sleep over trading D'Lo anyway. So, Simmons is obviously a better player. But I think Philly, I, I'm sure he'd be a okay fit in Philly. I think anybody, anybody who can put the ball in the basket around Embiid would be fine. But, yeah. I think Minnesota is the favorite just because of the connection with Maury there and Delos probably, I mean, I, if I were Alex, you mentioned Fox, if I were Sacramento, I wouldn't trade Fox for Simmons. Why would you give up that much? They have no leverage right now. I would be like, you can have buddy healed. That's the best player yeah. you can have on the team, buddy healed or Harrison Barnes. That's so, what I would trade, so or maybe he, both. So here's what Sam Amick of the athletic is saying. This was five hours ago on the athletic. Uh, he says Ben Simmons won't be in a Sacramento Kings jersey anytime soon, if ever, mm. unless Philly's asking price goes down dramatically. Uh, let's see what the price is. The Kings spoke to the Sixers weeks ago, made it clear neither Fox nor Halliburton would be included in a possible Simmons deal. That stance has not, will not change, and the internal expectation is that the core of their roster will remain the same heading into training camp later this month. No current conversation between the two teams and barring drastic changes in the man's appears the Kings are an unlikely landing spot for Simmons. If there is a Kings deal to be had eventually, uh, Buddy Hill, Marvin Bagley III have been widely seen as the most likely players to be included. And uh, yeah, that's that. So forget the Kings. Um, I I think, I, yeah, you might be right, man. It could be soda. Could could be soda, man. I think so. Or the Warriors. You want them on the Knicks? Warriors no. of the Dark Horse. No, no, thank you. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, thank this you. There's fans that want them, though. Low key. No, I'm good, man. Who would they even trade for Who would they even trade for him? Yeah, I was question. just, I was trying to think of a hypothetical package, but I'm like, unless it's a three team deal, I just don't have enough salary. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I'm, I'm good. Uh, but uh, ahead, I Jay. think the whole, the whole, like, their stance, I think. You know, Maury is just being Daryl Maury in terms of, you know, right up until the end, just trying to get as much as he can. And he's probably trying to raise his value. I think in a perfect scenario, what the Sixers would want is for Dame Lillard to ask for a trade so that they can go to Portland and offer Simmons, Maxi. Now, you know, now you're talking. Yeah. Um, but if I'm the if I'm the Trailblazers, I'm approaching 
uh, the Sixers for Ben Simmons trade, but not for Dame. I'm trying to maybe you put CJ or do another combination there. If I'm a Utah, like if I'm one of these teams, small market teams to where, you know, there's a slim chance as a free agent, you're going to attract a free agent. Yeah. You know, there's questions about the actual window of Utah. And, you know, I know that Donovan Mitchell has a long term contract there, but what is their true you know, window to win. You know, when you look at teams like Utah, the Denver Nuggets, the mm-hmm. Portland Trailblazers, like these small market teams that they they have talent now, but championship, like you 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 take a risk, you know. Um, and if I'm one of those teams that that's a contender, I'm. What else are you gonna do? These small market teams, when they implode, you go back to building to the draft. You're never gonna probably get free agents to sign there. Yeah. So. You know, I'm looking at it a very elite defender. You know, you can make an argument he's the best defensive win uh, wing in the NBA. So if I'm one of those teams, I'm looking to 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 go for Ben Simmons. But I mean, on the Knicks or anybody else? Yeah, no. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. One of the, as you said, one of the best defenders in the league, um, if not the best defensive wing at the league. But it's just what is his position? He's he's a fast break transition player in a half court. With, with no half-court moves. You, you know what I'm saying? It's one thing if you can't shoot, but if you had a low post game or, you know, something to get you some high-percentage buckets, he, he's a complete liability on the offensive side. They, he's That's a tough trade. Tough, tough trade, yeah. man. And then his salary. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're, you're, you're adding that salary to your franchise. You're talking about paying 30-plus million to a player that can't even shoot a mid-range, forget the three-point, forget a free Facts. throw, even a mid-range, he can't Facts. even pull up from there. So, do you want to allocate that much, uh, you know, salary into your franchise and be so deficient on the offensive end? Should have went and got hard when they had the chance, man. <laughs> what is Maury thinking, man? Should have went and got harder, bro. Maury really botched that one. The, <laughs> he really did. Got hard hard man. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, great show, fellas. Great job, everybody in the chat. Uh, let, let's get out of here, man. Um, Al, I'll start with you. Go ahead and uh, sign out, bro. Guys, great talking next with you as always. Salute to Knicks Nation. Salute to the mods. Awesome time. And for everyone out there, you can find me over at the Knicks Jets, etc. podcast, part of the Fanside Minute Media production. Uh, you can also check me out and everyone else out over nextfantv.com. Check out my guy, Chip Murphy, right over there. We just had David posted a piece. Uh, yesterday on Julius Randle's extension, we had Paul who also posted something on Taj Gibson and why he chose to return. So make sure to go check out KnicksFanTV.com and go check out the work everyone's doing over there. Yes, sir. Uh, JD, sign out, bro. Shout out to the whole Knicks Fan TV team, the writers, Chip, Alex, CK2K. Uh, also want to say congratulations to Ashley. Um, yeah, congrats um, to Ashley, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah full her. time, full time on uh, SI Digital. So, congratulations once again to Ash, man. That's big, major, major. Absolutely, absolutely. Congratulations uh, to Ashley, and, and good luck on that that new journey with with uh, Sports Illustrated. And you know, we've covered uh, Noel, we've covered R.J. Barrett, we've covered Burks today. Luca, Rose, Obi, a little bit of Randall. Going to tell you, Nick fans, I think. The next one, you don't want to miss the next one. 
Don't want to miss the next one because the players we're going to cover. It's going to be a good you know, one, man. It's going to be a good one. CP <laughs> knows why I'm saying yeah. that. It's going to be Def- it's going to be a war yeah. in the chat. Definitely going to be a good one, man. And uh, so make sure you don't miss it. We'll figure out when we're going to schedule it. Maybe Sunday or maybe next week. You know, kind of trying to factor in Labor Day weekend and when people will be around. But we'll we'll, we'll uh, just be on the lookout for that and, and we'll keep you guys posted. Um, Chip, go ahead and, and sign out, bro. Sure. CP, thanks again for having me on. This was great, yeah, man. Always great to come on and talk with you guys. JD, Alex, I love doing this. Uh, just like JD and Alex said, just follow Knicks Fan TV. Follow all the great writers we have on there. And uh, I'm on Twitter, at ChipMurphy7. Just, I'm on there. Follow If you want to find anything by me, follow me there. Yes, sir. Great job as usual, fellas. And uh, so to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up on for you boys. Let's get that like. Let's get those likes up before we uh, sign out of here. Once again, this show is presented by Manscaped. Fellas, go to manscaped.com, enter promo code KFTV. The promo code has changed, but the products still remain the same. The Lawnmower 4.0, the Ferrari of ball trimmers. Go there and get it, my guy CP, the artist. Just sent me his screenshot that he just that he just bought it. No testimonials. He just he just let me know that he bought it. So shout out CP the artist for supporting the wave. Uh, as you guys know, this show will be available in audio podcast format shortly. You can go to KnicksFanTV.com and uh, click on the the podcast links and also the relevant post to uh, to your podcast platform of choice. I'm talking to. Uh, Ariel Awani right now we're trying to get him on the show we we will most likely be doing a show tomorrow morning at 11 a.m he's, he's a busy guy man my guy Ariel is he's all over the fight game all over the MMA game so we're trying to uh, work something out right now to get him on the show so uh, if we do it live look out for it 11 a.m eastern time special show Ariel Awani coming to Knicks fan TV and uh, yeah, man, that that's the story. Great show as usual. Uh, King Matthew sends one more super chat going at Jay from Florida. He says, uh, "LMAO, get the losing BS out of your head or be a Magic fan, since you live in Florida, Jay." And he adds two tomatoes to boot. Then he says, "Number two, Randall is going to be working all all season to get better. Charles from Maryland is a five star caller. Speak your facts." Salute to King Matthews, man. Definitely appreciate uh, the Super Chats. And like I said, uh, Ariel Awani tomorrow morning, 11 a.m., man. So if you guys can make it live, be sure to tune in. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.